Welcome everybody, this is Mario from Barberview TV Podcast. We're now live on Amazon Fire TV, Roku, Apple TV, YouTube. Even if you have one of these fancy, smancy iPhones, we have an app for that and also for the Android as well. No excuses, don't want to hear it. Make sure to check out this barber culture from all over the globe. We're in 30, 32 countries is checking this out. They're dialed in for the barber culture. Also, follow us on all social media platforms and make sure to hit that subscribe button or follow button wherever you download your favorite podcast check us out on apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, pretty much any podcast that you listen to uh network we have you covered and once again thank you so much for all the shout outs and the support and also as a reminder please check us out on our film festival nominated docuseries new school a tyreek jackson story we just been nominated as a finalist for the 2022 diamond state film festival we're looking forward home to, to take that hardware, you know what I'm saying? So check it out, man. This this barber culture thing is so exciting as we move forward and Barberview TV is so just blessed to be in a position to push this whole thing forward. So I got an awesome guest today joining us from Philadelphia, man. I miss Philly so much, bro. I mean, I keep saying that. I'm end up probably moving back there like in like a year or so. Watch. Um I, I just love the vibe, the people. Um, it's just good all, all the way around. Uh, barber instructor, uh, barber instructor, just a dope person all the way around. I had a chance to chop it up with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, also, he's got a product line. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Plus, also, anyone that is part of the culture, we want to have them on the show so they could tell us about, you know, how they got into the game and all those things for all of those to be inspired into the barber culture. So without further ado, I got Fresh the Barber on. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on, bro? It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yo, what's the temperature out there? It's like a hundred and hell degrees out here in Vegas, show. I touched down and I was melting. <laughs> it, it was it was actually yesterday it was damn near a bean. Today it was 90 something. It, it was hot. It's hot. It's a different type of oh, hot man. as opposed to Vegas yeah, and Philly because yeah. the humidity is a little bit yeah. different. But it's definitely hot. Yeah. It's definitely AC on uh, on, on blast. Yeah, bro. Yo, my AC is crying right now, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. So uh, thanks for joining our show, man. And once again, just thanks for your time. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you got into barbering. Um, So barbering, I, I tell people this all the time. I tell people you can get the short version or the long version. Uh, but honestly, barbering fell in my lap, man. It was it was just something that it was it came to me at a time where I needed something. I put it like that. Um, so straight out of high school, I went to college. Uh, so I went to Penn state. So in my mind, I'm like, well, this is going to be my thing. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna do the school thing and whatever happens, happens. Life didn't work out that way. Uh, so like my third or fourth year, I had a couple hiccups, a little bumps in the road. So I had to go somewhere else. So while I was there, uh, I was incarcerated for five years. So my first year of incarceration was 2005. Um, and it was nothing for me to do there. Like idle hands are the devil's playground. So it was nothing for me to do. So, so they came to me and was like, well, look, we're starting a barber program. Is that be something you'd be interested in? Um, in my mind, I'm like, bro, I never cut hair in my life. Uh, the Clippers make mad noise. They shake. I don't know if that's going to be for me. I don't know. It's going to be for me being honest. I don't know. It's going to be for me. So I called my mom like, yo, look, they came to me with this. She's like, well, at the end of the day, you know, you need to try, you need to do something. Uh, so I, I, I did it because of my mother's push. 
she said do it so you know everybody's gonna listen to their mother so i'm like all right bet i'm gonna give it a try so i said i'm either gonna be good or i'm gonna have a haircut i'm gonna stay with a fresh cut so those are my options though that's what i went that was the mindset that i went into this with um so lo and behold i i, I became an okay barber i was sought out a lot of people wanted me to cut their hair so once i i got the idea and the concept like that i can make money doing this once i came back uh i was released in 2010 and um i just came home and i just had like the mindset of like i gotta i gotta get it i have to make up for all the lost time um so i jumped in the industry feet first and uh i just went at it man it was just seven days a week for maybe six to seven years straight cutting hair every single day um just building the name for myself getting a clientele um i was so more so hell-bent on getting a clientele because i wanted to generate the revenue that i knew that i needed to sustain a lifestyle that i wanted and um i was able to do that i was able to generate some dope relationships over the years and um some of my best friends are barbers you know my business partners Wizzy the Barber and Cold Cuts, those are my best friends. And I, and I met them through this industry, you know. So um, it's cliche, and a lot of people say it, um, but barbering, it, it, it truly did. I don't want to say save my life, but it gave me purpose at a time that I needed purpose. You know I mean? Definitely, bro. That, that's, that's, it's, it's crazy how things just show up when you need them the most and you get that signal or you have that person that's pushing you and then you just say, yo, just I'll do it. And all of a sudden here we are today, man. It's a very inspirational story. Yeah. So since you've been in the barber game uh, from, from 2010, right? Well, of course, when yeah. you was incarcerated, you, you was, um, I was getting still your cutting, reps in, but, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were still cutting. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you came out and you made that transition, man, uh, tell me how the vibe was like, um, like you said, you had some bumps in the road and now, and now you, you, now you, now you have a purpose and you're trying to grind and you're trying to prove all the people that, you know, they're, they're hating from the sideline, right? They, they kind of have yeah. a version of what they had in your mind. Then you're here. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of what that, what that climb was like. Was it a lot of people that were supporting you? Was it a lot of doubters? Kind of give us a little so, bit of perspective. So, so, on here, what that so, here, like. so here's the thing. A lot of people like to be like, oh, I had haters. I had mad haters. I honestly can say, bro, I really didn't have anybody hating. You feel me? I felt like, mm-hmm. well, it might have been me having tunnel vision, but I felt like, yo, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I, I, I have a second chance at life. I'm just going to make the most of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, all my friends that I had and, like, family, they were all pushing me, like, yo, like, you could do it. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really go. My brother, he, my brother was also a major person, like, just pushing me. So I really didn't feel like I had, like, a lot of people hating, like, you got like miscellaneous barber beef, but it was never like nobody hating. You know, like I was nobody was hating. Yeah. Like I, I, I would, I'd be a liar if I'm like, yeah, bro, they was hating on me all crazy. Like, no, nah, nobody was really hating on me. Like, well, I, I might have been oblivious to it, but like, I feel like I have a, a outgoing personality to where like you either love me or you hate me, and more people love me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I stay in my lane. I, I don't do too much. I, I, I like sports. I like cutting hair. I have kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I really don't do too much. I coach you, I coach you sports, I cut hair and I teach, you know, like that's my gift. That's what I, I, I like to educate. I like to give back, you know? So it's not like, I just stay in my lane, bro. I don't bother nobody. I don't bother nobody. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You, I, it sounds like you're just ultra focused. You're locked in, and all the noise around you. It doesn't even matter because at the end of the day, you know what what drives you, and you know what means the most to you. So that's very awesome. Yeah. So tell us about the Philly Barber scene, man. I I lived there for a year in 2020, and you don't have to go that far to understand. Like, there's a lot of influence in that in that hood. I know we talked about Tyreek. For him and just there's so many people just on in that northeast corridor that's really trendsetters. Tell us, tell us about um about Philly and just some of the things that are going on in the barber game that's unique to some of the things that you may see outside of Philly. Um, so it, it's the Philadelphia barber scene is very is very competitive. Um, it, it's very competitive. Just like if you're from up north, if you're from New York, if you're from Jersey, if you're from Philly, it's just a competitive nature from being from these places. Um, so every barber that's in Philly, of course, is going to tell you they're the best barber. Um, and I and I tell people all the time, if you're going to do anything, you should aspire to be the best. I tell my daughter that, and I tell my son that. If you're going to play football, you got to be the best. If you're going to cheer, you have to try to be the best. So I understand it, but some people just don't know how to have um, a competitive nature, like a friendly competition, as opposed yeah. like. A, a, a malicious or hating type competition. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm a better barber than a lot of people, but I'm not going to hate or put down another barber like, barber, you trash. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people don't know how to keep it on the negative side of things. Like, a lot of people will be hating, but the barber scene in Philadelphia is very competitive. It's a lot of dope barbers, um, a lot of trendsetters, a lot of people who are that are looked upon in the industry as goats, as people that have done things, have have have, have sparked and set trends. Um, so I tell people, like, if you're going to be a barber in Philly, bro, you got to be sharp. Like, you got to be sharp. You can't cut any corners. Um, mm-hmm. Enhancements are cool. Um, but, but you have to have the ability to do a one and a half with the grain, give me some nice C's, a dope line, and my beard look good. Like, to be successful in Philly, you have to be able to do that. And you have to be able to do a fade. You have to be able to do a ball fade and a season. You have to be able to do it. Those are the staples, you know. And I tell people that all the time. Like, I came to Philly with a skill set. Like, I really knew how to do a one and a half with the grain, dark, simple fade, neck fade, and a dope shape up. Like, you needed that. I'm your man. Until I was able to hone my skills to where I was able to do everything, you know. Now I can I can cut straight hair. Uh, I can do drop fades, mohawks, all the color, all of that other stuff. But I came here with a specific skill set, and I knew if I could do that, then I'll be able to get myself a clientele and make a pretty good living for myself. But at the end of the day, it's very competitive here. That's what's up. So so tell us a little bit about your your instructor career, right? Because um, a lot of schools don't really. I mean. Some get into the instructor game. I've heard it a couple different ways. Some just want to just give back and do it. A lot of places like that's that is not popping. Um, you know, they're just in, they're not in tune with everything that's going in the industry as of today. So now that you're a barber in a very competitive area where you, like your cuts or your billboards, like they have to be on point because people will. You know they'll they'll sit there and be like, "Yo, he sucks," <laughs> or "Yo, this or that," right? <laughs> so how so how are how are your students um, 
kind of like warming up to the fact that, yo, you're just not an ordinary instructor. Like you, you have a lot of experience in the game. You're giving them game and knowledge on how to be a successful barber. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, like I, I tell people, well, my students is at the, you have to, first and foremost, when you start school, you have to, you have to have a why, like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? Because without a strong why, you'll fall to the wayside. it will be days where you're like, yo, I don't feel like coming. I'm not going to make it. You have to have a why. And I just tell them like, bro, like you, you, like this just can't be like a hobby. Like this is a career. And if taken serious, you can elevate yourself and your family to places that you wouldn't even fathom. Um, so I, I do, I, I have to give uh, Rika a shout out to Rick Jackson. Um, I worked at Premier for maybe two and a half years. And I can say that under him, I, I, I developed and uh, I became a better instructor while I work with Tariq. Um, so from there, I now work at uh, Westchester School of Barbering, a uh, champion school of barbering in Westchester. Um, so I'm the lead instructor there. Uh, and it's just you have to be teachable. You have to be coachable, even at your highest point. I, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator at the program. I run the education of like side of the school, but at the end of the day, I'm still coachable. I'm still teachable. I can learn mm-hmm. from my students. You, you can't go into the, with the mindset, like I know everything, you know? So I just try to remain coachable and teachable and, and, and have my students feed off of that energy. Gotcha. So like you said, Philly has some very legendary styles, right? A lot of people don't deviate too much from the OGs that want to come in and get that standard cut. But what are some of the things that you've noticed since you've been in the game that has transitioned to some newer styles? I, I, and I don't even feel like it's just Philly. I feel like the, the I don't know if it's the X or the Z generation, but these new kids, like all they want is just a shape up and this nappy top. Like just a nappy top. Just don't cut my don't cut the top, bro. Like that don't cut the top, bro. Just give me a shape up. Um and I, I tell people this all the time. I feel like this fad came with the Duke starting five, their national championship year. Um mm-hmm. all of the kids really, really just wanted that. Um and prior to the Duke starting five, you had the the um the Mohawk, the Odell Beckham. Like they just want the blonde patch. So like as fads come and go like throughout like hip hop culture, um, athletes, like these trends are going to come and go. And like us, when we were kids, we are inspired and are led to follow the athletes that you look up to. So as a barber, I feel like you have to be a chameleon. I can go to anywhere on, in the United States or any other country and I will be able to chameleon. I'll be able to adapt to what they do, but yet and still stand out as fresh the barber, as a, a, a barber from Philly who, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to know like, damn, like, who cut that? You know, like, and I feel like, I'm not going to just say that for myself. I feel like every person or every barber in the tri-state, you know, like, you're going to be like, damn, who cut you? But I can go anywhere and blend in. You're not going to be like, damn, that's that's a horrible haircut or like, what's so different? And I feel like you have to be able to transition. You can't be a one-trick pony. If you're a one-trick pony, you're not going to last. You're not going to last. For sure. Yeah, that's that's absolutely 100 percent correct. And now you just have to have so many tools in the toolbox, because now, like you said, a lot of people having the long hair. Didn't know if it was inspired by COVID because a lot of people <laughs> was. I mean, yeah. things were, th- Everybody's things scared were crazy. Of the 
<laughs> Everyone was scared. And now you got this monkeypox joint that's popping off. So that's another this thing that wild. we have to be on the... <laughs> it's, dude, if it ain't this one thing, it's another. Thing. And So tell us a little bit about what happened in the pandemic. How um, how were you impacted as far as, uh, as a barber, as an instructor? Uh, so schools, both schools went virtual. Um, so we were uh, teaching via Zoom or join me. Um, it was good for the, the, the students that are like on the, on the, on the back end of the program. So Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, it's a 250 hour program. So the pandemic hit 2020. Let's just say you had a student anywhere from 700 hours to a thousand hours. It's like, damn, do I stop them from graduating because of pandemic? We know we figure out a way. Uh, we were able to get it approved through NACUS and the bot and you know state boards to where like we are allowing you to give your students X amount of credits per day, uh, virtual. So I was happy because we were still able to graduate and get people done with the program that started it. Because that would have been you know that would have been crazy. You just start the program, you three fourths done the program and you can't finish. So just the ability to have those people finish that was cool. I was cool with that. Um, but it was it was. Again, like the theory portion of the of the programs, like the books and the, the the workbook and all of that stuff, like they were still getting that form of education. So they were still getting what they needed, but it was just the hands-on stuff that they were missing. And, and you know, some people learn different than others. Uh, so it just depends on what type of learner you are. Uh, you have intuitive learners. You need you have people that learn by watching. You have people that are hands-on learners. So it just depends on what type of learner you have. And for the hands-on guys or girls, it sucks because it's no hands-on. You have to cut mm-hmm. your mannequin in the house and hope that you're getting it right. <laughs> it's only but so much I could do on FaceTime, you know what I mean? I can't pick yeah, yeah. the clippers up and do it for you, you know what I mean? So the people that just missed that portion of it, you know, it was, it, it sucked. For sure. Uh, tell us about the, the the new breed of barbers that's coming out. Um, I know you've been, like you said, you've been cutting for a while now, but what are some of the things that you've seen that have changed? Um, and is and in your opinion, is barbering becoming to be that primary uh, em- employment? It just seems like back in the day, people had to like, for instance, like your story, you kind of backed into barbering, right? But other people now, they're coming out the gate like, you all want to be a barber. Tell us a little bit about that shift. Where did you actually see it happen? Or is, is it still half and half as far as those who want to be interested in the barber game? Uh, I feel like it's, it's half and half, maybe 60, 40 people that want to come and be barbers. But depending on where you're from and what you see, keep it a bean, bro. Cutting hair is the closest thing to being a, a, a hustler or, 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 or a trapper or somebody in the streets. Is This is a legal hustle, you know? So I can go to work on a Friday and make as much as you make in the streets on a Friday. Because at the end of the day, it's not your work. You got to break somebody down. You got to give somebody a return on the investment, you know? But here, mm-hmm. the, investment is, the investment is yourself. You invested in yourself. You have to pay your booth rent or however you're set up paying your percentage or your booth rent. But at the end of the day, you can still make and generate as much money as you are if you were in the streets. It's safer. I don't got to worry about running from the cops. I'm in a shop. I got AC. I can watch TV. I'm conversing with people. I'm meeting people. Everybody, mm-hmm. everything comes to the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Everything comes to the barbershop. It's a hub for the neighborhood, you know? So everything comes to the barbershop. You have your, 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 your hard conversations, your good conversations. Um, you learn so much. It's an information portal, you know, so everything that you find out is going to be in the barbershop. Uh, 
your gifts for your mom, Valentine's Day gifts, gifts for your kids. Everything is going to be coming through those doors, you know? So I feel like a lot of kids are seeing it and seeing the opportunity just from social media. Um, Cause social media is of course is crazy now. So people are seeing barbers that are becoming more than just barbers. They're stepping from behind the chair. They're doing other things that look really, really cool to kids. And it's like, um, I don't have to go to school. I don't have to go to a university for this. I don't have to go to four years schooling for this. Um, I can get this done in 10 to 12 months, have my license and you know, my career starts. A lot of students, I have two students right now, Evan and Ricardo. Evan is 19, 20 years old and Ricardo is 19, 20 years old. Bro, That's these crazy. kids that they have their entire <laughs> lives in front of them and they're so talented and just, bro, I wish I started when I was 20. Like going to going to Penn State was like those were some of the best years of my life, bro. But I think to myself, like, what if I started this at 19 years old? Like, it's just crazy, and people have this and have that have that thought now. Like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I can go go to a trade school as opposed to going to a four year university or a two year uh, junior college or community college. So just I feel like Instagram, social media, and, and people seeing the narrative change on the barber because there was a negative connotation behind being a barber. You know, a lot of people are like, you're half in the streets, you're half behind the chair. But now it's like, no, like I'm 100% a barber, you know? So I just feel like the narrative change and people are seeing like, I can make the money here, the other streets and, and have a positive influence on my community. For sure. It, it's crazy. I do remember getting those $5 garage cuts back in the day. And then now I'm paying 16 with a tip upwards of 80 depending on if yeah. someone come in and get enhancements and stuff some people charge for that then if yeah. you get product you leave in there like paying a buck it's crazy yeah. how yeah. when people used to cut hair like when when i was in the military you would get a cut for five dollars but that joint would be like you know just just a, a knock buzz. weight down <laughs> it'll, just, yeah. it'll literally just, just be for there the um is it exciting for the for the new people that's coming into the game to know that they can make this type of money? Like, what what is what is the economic viewpoint of how people are looking at barbering now? This is another thing I tell my students, bro. This is a billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Hair is a billion dollar industry. Um, at the end of the month, Bronner Brothers is is a uh, is a show that's coming up. It's gonna be in Miami. It's normally always in mm-hmm. Atlanta. It's gonna be in Miami. Just being around all of these people, bro, it's, uh, it's, I know Barbara millionaires, you know, so just to be around these people and to understand like that, that is obtainable because a lot of people don't think that that can happen. But if you see it, you talk to people, these are conversations that you're having with people. And if you are around like-minded individuals and you see that something is, you can like touch it, it's obtainable. Yeah, man, put put me in there. Like, what, what do I have to do for that? You know, so I feel like a lot of people see it and they're like, oh, shit, like this, this can happen. You know, this can happen for me. I just got to put the work in. For sure. And I think a lot of it is they see people that look like me and you. Yeah. And that inspires I, I see somebody them. That looks, yeah. I see somebody <laughs> that looks like me that's doing mm-hmm. cutting hair, you know? Like, I see somebody that looks like me that's cutting hair. I have friends in Philly right now that cut $100 regular haircut. $200 on his days off. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, it can happen. Like, it's not unfathomable. It's not like, oh, my God, like, nobody's going to pay this. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I <laughs> Absolutely. Mean, like, people people got to stop cheating themselves and 
And I feel like once people, like, there's never going to be a barber union. Let's get that out the door. There's never going to be a barber union. But if barbers can collectively come to an agreement, not even agreement, but if we can all be like, yo, bro, like, we should have a standard. Like, somebody should set the standard as to where this is our base price. If your price is 50, my price is 50, my man price 50, his price is 50, her price is 50, I can't cut any corners. I have no choice mm-hmm. but to pay to what? How much I got to pay? I gotta exactly. pay the fifty. <laughs> you Where got I'm to. Go? I gotta Absolutely. pay the fifty. You know what I'm saying? So if people keep cutting corners and trying backdoor people for clients, so if I'm charging fifty, like no, bro, I got you for thirty-five. No, bro, like you're diluting the product. You know, like you're diluting the product. So I just feel, feel like people have to set the standard and stick to it. Yeah, it's crazy. How much of that do you think that's going to have a negative effect on on the culture? Like, like you said, you do have those people um, that they'll get their license out the gate 80. Dude, you can't even do like the basic things right. So how are you going to set the market for, you know, because a lot of people don't understand. And you, you could definitely speak to this as well. It's the level experience, just just like if you come into college, you can't come out of college thinking you're going to just cake up right off the top. You have the education level, but you have to have the experience to match experience. that. You have do, to you, have experience. do you do you think that's do you think it's going to work itself out just by attrition, just the barbers kind of fading away and just level setting to the right degree? Or do you think it's it's really a problem that we have to kind of keep an eye on in the near future? Well, it's, it's, it's a problem that we have to keep an eye on one. And, and I feel like as as a shop owner, shop owners should have enough, I don't want to say pride, but you should have enough morals and, um, and, and, and values. And, and everything's not about a dollar, bro. Everything's not about a dollar. Like you said, you don't want to saturate a product. So if it's five barbers in the shop, I have a new barber that comes in. Bro, your price isn't my price. That's, that's that's any type of job. That's any pay scale. An NBA rookie isn't going to be making the same amount as LeBron per year. Mm-hmm. Not going to be making the same amount as Westbrook per year because you haven't earned that yet. You know? So once you come in and you pay your dues, you're there early, you leave late, you sweep hair, you get the walk-ins, then that's when you're working yourself up the pay scale because at the end of the day, why should I, as a customer, pay you $80 you could you have the probability of not getting my joint, you know what I'm saying, where I want it, and I can go to the <laughs> owner of the shop or the manager of the shop. I can get exactly what I want and not pay him eighty like bro, is it, it, it's like it's logic. You feel me? Like it, it, it has to make sense. It has to make sense. And as, as I feel like shop owners, that's something that they can, you know, they can monitor. And like, well look, it's your second day out of barber school, bro. You can't be charging 80. <laughs> you feel me? You can't be charging 80. Yo, as, as, as you're talking this out, I'm thinking maybe there should be a standard to where you literally have to put name or whatever name you want to be known as and experience. That is going to let the customers understand where you're at, right? But also like a shop, right? I Like, like to your point, like when you come into a shop, you know, that's got a lot of people, a lot of experience. It's kind of, you do have to raise that game. And also a lot of people can understand, like when you're 
putting down the cut, you have to invest in yourself to kind of match the level that's being charged in that shop. Do you, do you think there's just, it's just pressure? Cause I mean, there's a price for everything, right? Like I say, for, for those who come to my shop in Denver, they may complain about the price. They may complain about, Oh, why I got a book online. Well, you got a book online because my time is important. If exactly. you don't show me, I lose that spot. And if I don't have someone to put in that spot, I just lost an hour I'm of work in an hour of day. Out. Yeah, you're yourself, out. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> so, so it's 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 different. So, is is there is it tough to expect someone to come out of school and be at the eighty dollar level, or are they going to be that so, clean? So, or I mean, or, or or should they start at other levels? And those I want to say like mid tier to top tier shops because you almost have to break it down into tiers, right? Yeah. Do the do they need to work in the D League, you know, like like the minor leagues before they come to the major leagues? <laughs> so so here so here's the so here's the thing. Um there are there are examples of both. So I've had students that graduate and have cut better than people that have been cut in twenty years. So like you said, it's about the experience. Some people come to school that just need a license. They've been cutting for X amount of years and they just need that piece of paper to make them official. Um, so I can't tell him like, yo, you just came out of school, but because you haven't been in this barbershop or because you just graduated, then you're on this scale. That that I can't do that. You know, it's 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 a process to where like if I'm a new barber, I'm leaving or I'm graduating barber school, barbers that own shops need to take this more serious. So it needs to be an interview process. It needs to be a wooing process. You need to come to the shop. You need to sweep up. You need to watch the guys around the shop. I need to watch you do a haircut. If I watch you do a haircut, I can then assess myself like, okay, cool. You're good. I don't need to baby you. I don't need to give you two hours between appointments. I don't need to set you at a lower rate because I see the quality of work you can do and I see in the time which you can get this quality work done. You know, so it's going to be, it's going to take for the owners of these shops, the manager of these shops, the people that run these shops to take it a little bit more serious and have a, a better understanding of the interview process. If you interview people better, you don't have to worry about this. You know what I'm saying? If I interview you and mm-hmm. I see like, yo, the cut's a little slow, the haircut's a little shaky. Bet. I know that just somebody I need to work with, but I want to fill that chair. An empty seat not paying me, you know? Yeah. So I would rather I would rather you get in this chair, but I can groom you. I can work with you. You know, like I'm not going to be having your chair spinning all crazy and you can't keep up with that. You know, like you can't do it. I'm not going to do that to you. And I'm not going to do that to the, to, the, to the shop and the product that we're kicking out every day. Yeah, for sure. That's that. That's real talk, man. Just to take a step back about what you're doing, uh, what you're doing personally, and and some of your 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 path that you're on right now. If barbering wasn't an option, and I know it's kind of hard to look into a time machine and in that moment in time, if you could look back, if barbering wasn't an option, where do you think you would be right now? What were some of your goals before barbering kind of bumped into you? Um, I'm curious about that. If if you could share. Um, yeah, most definitely. So sports has always been my thing. I played basketball my whole life. Uh, so honestly, my mindset at 18 
was I'm going to go to school, walk on the basketball team, see how that goes. And I wanted to be Stuart Scott. I wanted to be a, a Rest in a peace anchor. Stuart Scott too, bro. Bad yeah, rest in peace Stuart yeah. Scott. So I wanted to be a, a anchor or um, a person that worked for SportsCenter. You know, I wanted to work for ESPN. So I just wanted, I just wanted to be in the sports world. I didn't know who would be. At that, at that time, I didn't have the, the foresight to, to see myself coaching, but I know I wanted to be in sports. Uh, so anything in ESPN, I would have been an intern at ESPN, uh, turned into somebody that, that was an on-air personality or somebody that wrote stories. I, I like writing. I like, I like speaking. Um, so just anything in the sports industry pointed towards ESPN. Point me towards ESPN. You know? That's all. Oh, that's, that's what's all up, man. Hey, that that that's dope, bro. Yeah, man. So, just tell us what what do we see yourself in the future? What's what's up next for you? Um, next for me is you know just just continue to educate, uh, continue to elevate the barber industry to uh, just to do my small part. I feel like if I continue to uh, to educate and to help students get their license and just show them the right way, the right way, you know, like don't be doing no shady shit. Just, just go about it the right way. Um, I feel I'm just doing my part to, to elevate the barber industry and just continue to have it, have it grow again. Like I, I'm not going to be cutting hair my whole life. I'm not going to be behind the chair my whole life. Um, so my gift uh, is to, to give back to others and help people get to where they want to be. Um, and eventually, you know, they could be the, the, the next group that are pushing the culture and pushing the industry forward, you know? So, so that's all, that's all, that's all I want. That's, that's what's up, man. And, and, and I think that's pretty fair and it just shows to to you wanted to give back and, and have that, that team concept, you know, of just getting everyone at the same level and pushing towards excellence. So to me, that makes perfect sense. Yo, man, so tell us where we, we could find you. Uh, if we're in the Philly area, go ahead and shout out your social medias and, and what you got coming up. Uh, Fresh the Barber 5 on Instagram. Uh, Dope Hair Care 3, that's the product line. Um, Wizzy the Barber, Cold Cuts. Uh, follow us, man. You already know. They know about the dope boys, man. They know what we be doing out here. <laughs> I mean, they already know. I uh, love it. Um, but again, man, just just peace and love to everybody, man. Be safe, you know. And anybody got any questions, DM me. I'm an open book, bro. I'm just I'm just here to help. If I can't help, then I'll put you in the right direction just to help you grow and to get you where you want to be. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not stingy. I'm not I'm not a hoarder of information. I'm not a hoarder of knowledge. If I know it, I want to help the next person. You feel me? Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yo, man, you dropped a lot of gems on us today. I know people are going to watch this. They're going to hear it. They're, they're going to see themselves in in what you're saying and what they're hearing. And I think that's an ultimate gift for the for the for the culture, man. So I'm I'm really just excited just to hear your stories, your insight, and just where you've been and where you're at now. I think that's just a gift for anyone that that that's authentic with themselves. And could look in the mirror and say, yo, I could be um, motivated by what I'm hearing right now. So so, so that's awesome. Well, yo, man, thanks so much for your time. I know it's mad late over there. Almost 10 o'clock. Man, it's time to go to bed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got cool. things going on. That's cool. But yo, that's this cool, is Mario man. with Fresh the Barber, man. I really appreciate it, brother. Peace out, everybody. Appreciate you. You already know. Peace. Uh